Did anybody hear the roosters crow earlier this morning? I've asked that question a couple times. The birds whistled a little earlier this morning, didn't they? Did y'all hear the birds singing? And always that passage in that hymn, he speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. And amazing how good our God is. Do you have trouble in your life? When I look at and we hear reports like we just heard, there's a lot of trouble around us and about us. And I want to share a message with you this morning. Hopefully it will be a blessing to you. Trouble-free in a troubled world. Now that sounds like, boy, don't that sound like utopia? That sounds like paradise. I can be trouble-free in a troubled world. This is a very troubled world we live in. And I want to show you some scripture and maybe help our mindset toward things. In John chapter 14, John chapter 14, we'll read verses 1 through 3 here. John 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. But I'm interested in verse 1 in the opening part that Jesus told his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I understand that most of us surface read the Bible and as far as digging and, and studying and, and trying to understand context, I, it does take a little time. It does take a little effort. I mean, in the, in the Bible, yes, there are things given to us there. There are surface things, but as we dig a little deeper, there are things that we can become knowledgeable of and more aware of. And particularly with this passage of Scripture, when he's saying here, let not your heart be troubled, there's some interesting aspects. And I, I realize not everybody's studied Greek, and, and I, I understand all that. And if you allow me just to kind of break down in simple terms to the concept of the heart. Now, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Now that, when you study the Greek, the concept of the heart uh, you're going to find three different types of uh, motivation from the aspect of the heart when you study out the, the different Greek words and everything. But you, you find that uh, the reference of the heart would be our physical, our fleshly desires. Uh, also, uh, another aspect would be the feelings that we have for others. And the third aspect in the definition would be our intellectual desires, uh, you know, we have physical, we have emotional, but also Christ adds another motivation, if you will, in this particular portion here, and that would be, it's a higher motivation, more than our physical desire and more than even our feelings for others, there's, a, there's a, another motivation here from the heart, and that's the desire for God, desire for God. 
And so when we read this verse, let me break it down into where we can make an application here today. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He's, Christ is asking his followers not to be troubled by their feelings for him. Not to be troubled by their feelings for him. Now, let's get the picture of everything. He's just told them that he's going to be leaving. Okay, he's got to go to the cross and give his life as a sacrifice. Okay, so he's walked with these disciples for three and a half years, and, and they've been close to him. And he's telling them, I mean, they depended upon him for everything. And he's telling them that he's got to leave. So he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be upset. Don't let your feelings trouble you. Now, their concern is natural. We don't like to lose people. We don't, you know, we get used to a certain thing. We don't like change. And though he is leaving them and he's going somewhere that they cannot go, he says, you can trust me. Why? Because his mission is from God. He's going where God is sending him. So in this passage, Christ affirms that his will has become one with God's will. Okay, if you, he even he would tell them if you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, he's following God's plan. What is happening is not necessarily what he chose for himself, but he's following God's plan for him. And if his disciples trust in God's plan, then they've got to trust what Jesus is telling them. Okay, you have to. If they trust in the future that God has chosen then they must trust that what Christ has said, that this is going to benefit them. He's literally saying, and when we think about emotions, we think about the heart, uh, the emotions of things, our, our physical feelings, our, our feelings for others. and those. But what he's saying, don't let your feelings bother you. Trust in God and in me have faith. Believe what I am telling you. And when I put that together in the aspect of things, I want to present to you this morning how you can be trouble-free in a troubled world. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege, this hour, this opportunity to come together today to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Lord, that we can sing songs of praise. We thank you, Lord, that we can share our burdens together and come boldly before the throne of grace and pray. And Lord, we trust, Lord, as we pray over the needs that we've heard this day. Lord, we trust that your will be done. And Lord, give us the grace to accept uh, the things that you bring to pass in our lives. But Lord, I know there's burdens in the room right now. Lord, I know there's people with heavy hearts going through things that some may not even know about. And so Lord, I pray you would help us to take comfort in your word. Lord, may your word encourage us today. Lord, if there is one here today that has never experienced salvation in their life, I pray through the working of the Holy Ghost of God, Lord, that they would experience a conviction, Lord, that would uh, bring them to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for these that have gathered today, whether inside or outside. Lord, I realize there are some that are sick and cannot be here. And Lord, we ask, uh, Lord, for healing mercies upon them that they could get back in your service. Lord, I ask now that you'll make this place off limits to the devil and the forces of evil that would try to hinder and bind the, the Scriptures and the work of God today. 
Lord, I pray that you'll do something great in our hearts. Forgive me for I fail thee and empower me now, Lord, to share uh, the word that you have for us this day. For we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. I know good and well that we got trouble in our life. I know that. Now, if you can sit up here and say, Preacher, I don't have a trouble one in my life. I mean, I, I want to meet with you after service and find out the secret of that. Because we all have some kind of trouble that we're dealing with. Whether we want to admit it or not, there's trouble uh, in our lives. But now, when we start applying what he's trying to tell the disciples here, uh, we don't have to let our feelings... Let me say that again. We don't have to let our feelings about a particular situation drive us to a state of being troubled in our mind. I challenge you to look at the statistics and read and study up on the psychological and emotional battles that people have had for the last 15 months of their life. Suicide is up. Uh, amongst teenagers, young people and and people have lost their will to live. And, and there's been people that's been hit with the just uh, situations that has been so difficult in their life. And, and, and haven't been able to see their family and, and different things that's been going on uh, that, that we've all had to deal with over the last uh, year or so. And you think about all these things and, and it, if, you, if you dwell on it too much, you're going to bring yourself to a state of trouble. And maybe unnecessary trouble. Maybe a trouble that you could have avoided by doing what we're going to see in the word today. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Now, my heart, we just read that it controls different parts. of our. We're talking about not only how we feel physically, but our emotional feelings for others, how we think about things. You remember, Jesus said, uh, uh, out of the mouth proceeded the things of the heart. You know, our heart controls so much of us, so much of us. And if we get our heart out of order, and I'm not necessarily talking about uh, our, our physical heart, but I tell you, uh, if you start worrying about things and start carrying around heavy burdens, you're going to mess up your physical heart. You're going to, we, 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 we develop problems physically over things we worry about. Preacher, you saying you're not supposed to worry about nothing, but I, well... As much as I've worried in my life, I've never grown one inch taller. Hmm? I haven't. I haven't got smarter because I worried. I think about this. Yes, we have trouble. Yes. But we, in our mind, if we would focus on the Word of God and what Jesus Himself said, we can learn how to be trouble-free, though there's trouble all around us. Let me give you, let's just get simplified here. Let me give you the very first thing that I see here about being trouble-free in a troubled world. Jesus said this uh, in verse number 1 of John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let me say the very first thing of how to be trouble-free in a troubled world is put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. Trust in Him. Let me ask you, are you fully relying upon God to take care of you? Now, I know how we are. We want to fix situations ourselves. We want to solve problems ourselves. But I'm going to tell you, we've got some problems happening in our world today that only God can solve those problems. And if you try to worry yourself to death trying to fix those things, uh, you're going to find yourself a, uh, maybe an inch closer to the grave than you should be. Don't do that. 
Let God take control. I I wonder this. Do we believe that the very God in heaven who saved our soul and that he's going to take us to heaven one day, do we not believe that he can't take care of us while we're here on earth? I mean, I'm trusting him to get me to heaven, but I can't trust him to take care of me on earth. Something's wrong with that picture. Trust in God. Put your faith totally upon him. Now, I'm not saying don't be smart. I'm not saying don't, don't have some wisdom about you. I mean, God gave... Well, most of us, he gave some sense to, didn't he? Well, there are some people I wonder, on the day he was giving out sense, I, I don't know if they was in that line. Huh? You, you, I, whew. you see things happening in this world, and, and I believe now common sense is highly esteemed as wisdom today. I'm talking about just good old country sense that a person used to have. we got a whole generation that don't even have country sense anymore. Goodness gracious. Uh, but trust in God. Put your faith in Him. Let Him take care of things. Well, preacher, this is happening. This is happening. I don't know what we're going to do about this. Listen, God already knows what's going to happen with this and that. He's already been here today. He's already been tomorrow. He's going to be in the future. The Saint Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. Put your trust in Him. Have faith in Him. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Is what Jesus said. I've got, a, I've got something I have to do. It's not something I'm necessarily wanting to do. It's not something I'm choosing for myself. But this is what the Father has chosen. And I've got to obey the will of the Father. And in doing so, I'm going to have to leave you. Jesus, we don't want you to leave. Well, where are you going? Can we go where you're going? We want to go with you, Lord. Jesus had to get on the cross. Jesus had to sacrifice his life. Jesus had to shed his blood. It was Jesus, the perfect sin, the Son of God. Let me say this. Put your faith in Him. Put your faith in Him. I feel like I could probably have more preaching material now than I've ever had when I talk about putting our faith in the government. If you put your faith in the government, you're going to be disappointed and let down every time. Every time. Every time. Oh, but the government's going to do this, 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 and this. They're going to let you down. Hey, somebody honked their horn outside. Hey, man. I wondered. There's so much we can depend upon. That's going to let us down. But when you put your faith in God, our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but of God. You rely upon God. You trust in Him. Take him at his word. You can lay your head on your pillow at night. And though the storm is raging around you, you can go to sleep in peace because you have faith in the almighty God. Let me say this. Number one, put your faith in God. Let me give you another one this morning. How to be trouble free in a troubled world. Number two, recognize his authority. Not only believe in God, but recognize his authority. You know, the devils believe and tremble. There's a lot of people say, yeah, I believe in God. Well, have you studied and understand the authority that God has? I mean, we only see, there's a lot of people that say they're Christians, but they only believe what they're being told on the news television, on the newscast. And if that's all you believe, dear friend, no wonder you're troubled. They'll scare you half to death. But when you recognize the authority of the God that you say you believe in, Ephesians chapter number 1, Ephesians chapter 1, it kind of gives us a little idea uh, about the authority of, of God. Notice in Ephesians chapter 1, 
In verse number 19, notice it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him at His own right, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And that have put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Can you catch the magnitude of those verses that we read? We're talking about a power above all powers. We're talking about a mighty working of power. Notice, it's to us who believe. That power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Living, abiding, working in us. That power that, that, that Jesus, everything is put under His feet. He is the head above all things. Let me tell you something. Uh, far above any government agency, far above any power of this world, uh, far above any authority of this world or any other world that is, Christ is the head over all things and He is in control of all things and they are under His feet. If we could ever get a grasp of that, we could be trouble free in a troubled world, dear friend. Above all things, all powers, all principalities. Recognize the authority of Christ. Don't be troubled by what the news media is throwing at you. Don't be troubled by that. Believe in God. Trust in His authority. Understand, He's the one that created this world. The powers are subject to Him. His sovereignty is reigning in full control. You say, preacher, there's a lot of bad things happening. Well, I've read the Bible in Matthew 24, and Jesus said there's going to be bad things happening, and these things must come to pass. It, we are living in these days, dear friend. Bad things are happening and are going to happen. Now, my question is, I don't know how bad it's going to get before he calls us out of here. Uh, you could be a, a first of the week, a middle of the week, or the end of the week. And I'm talking about in terms of whatever you believe as far as rapture and all that. I'm just knowing it's bad. It's bad. But no matter how bad it gets, I'm trusting in the one who has authority over these things. Sometimes we forget that the, the very God of heaven, who already had a sovereign, divine redemption plan, these things are playing out according to his plan. He's not up there uh, scratching his head and biting his fingernails and, and chewing Rolaids and drinking Maalox, trying to figure out what to do next. No, these things are happening according to his plan, dear friend. Trust in him. Trust in Him. Recognize His authority. He's in control of all things. The authority of Christ. Well, I'm seeing this happening. And, and just like Brother Bill's mentioned about Myanmar and the, and the government and the military is taking control. And, and this, uh, who's to say that that, that day's not going to happen in America? Matter of fact, when I read the Bible and, and try to see how things must come to pass, uh, it seems to me like that might be one of the ways things come to pass. Hmm? I mean, do you feel like you had uh, 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 voting liberties this year? Huh? You think it's going to get any better? These things must come to pass. But even while they're coming to pass, God is in control over all things. I read the Bible and it said this, The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turneth it whithersoever he will. God is in control. That's why we are commanded in the Bible to pray for those that are in authority. 
Oh, it doesn't mean that things are going to get better for us, but it does mean that God has a divine, sovereign plan. And when I pray for people, listen, it's a double blessing. Uh, I get blessed for praying for them, then God blesses me because I did pray for them. Then i got a peace in my mind that I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I can have comfort and assurance that I'm following God's plan, even when things seem to be going bad. Amen. Recognize His authority. He's in control over all things. And notice, when it talks about all things under His feet, verse 22 of Ephesians 1, notice, and gave Him to be head, talking about Jesus, over all things to what? To the church. To the church. When we assemble ourselves as the body of Christ, and we understand the power that we have as a church family, a church body. I'm going to tell you, something that the devil hates more than anything is a unified church body. Why? Because we come together and our hearts are joined together and we are a powerful force when our hearts are together in unity and love and we pray together. We are a mighty force and the devil hates that. That's why he tries to stir up strife and division. We are a powerful body. The authority of Christ over us. He's the head over all things to the church. I'm going to tell you, church, it's high time. Listen, I, there, I realize there, there, my, you and I, it seems like there's so many, only so much we can do. It, and it is to an extent. I can't change an election outcome. I can't do that. But you know what I can do? I can preach the gospel of Christ. I can let my shine, light shine bright. I can tell others about Jesus. Let me ask you, uh, uh, we get so wrapped up, and there's, I, I understand all this because there might be a lot of frustrated people uh, at the end of the year, going into the first of the year. I understand all that. But I'll tell you, has any of that distracted us from being the light of the gospel of Christ that He wanted us to be? We get so distracted with things. And you don't think the devil, listen, the devil knows how to distract us better than anybody. And the things that that really grab our attention and take our focus away from what we should be doing. Listen, I I, I can't go to Washington, D.C. and and change what happens here and there. No, I can't do that. But I can stand behind a pulpit and preach the gospel of Christ. And I can see sinners saved and lives changed. And hopefully, until the Lord comes back, this is what we are going to do, dear friend. And wherever you are placed in society, whatever people come along your path, Oh, you can't change outcomes of elections. You're not supposed to. But as a Christian, I'm telling you according to God's Word, you are supposed to rest in the power and authority of Christ, and you are to let your light shine to those around you. I can tell you by the Bible, that's what we're supposed to do. Yes, let our light shine. Don't be troubled in your heart over things around you. Recognize who your Heavenly Father is, and He's in control of all things. Put your faith in God. Recognize his authority. Let me give you another one. How to be trouble free in a troubled world. While all these bad things that we consider happening around us, those being bad, don't think that he's forgotten you. Don't think that while all this we see happening, though it might be fearful, though it, yes, it may, it may be troublesome on the surface, but don't think For one second that God has forgotten you. I want you to notice back in John chapter 14 and verse number 2. John 14 and verse number 2. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, we're going to get very personal here. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
You ever heard that song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind? Before he went to the cross, he's already telling them that there's, there's a place. I'm, I've got to go and prepare this place for you. It's a wonderful place that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither entered into the heart of man. The things that God had prepared for them that love Him. I'm telling you, God has not forgotten you. It's just that His plan has to be carried out. He's gone to prepare a place for you. Though we are here on this earth and have to deal with the things of the earth, Jesus has us in mind. There's a passage of Scripture over in Psalms. It says, How precious are thy thoughts toward me, O God. How precious. You know, Jesus loves you with the love that nobody's ever had for you. God loves you with an undeniable love. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Think about that. A love that would send Jesus to the cross. Don't think for one minute that He's forgotten about you. If that would be the case, then the cross would be in vain. That sacrifice that Jesus made would be in vain if he had forgotten about you. No, no, no. He's had, he had forgotten about you. He's just making things ready for us. And one day, dear friend, one glorious day, he's going to come and get us. And somebody ought to say amen right there. I don't care if you're a Baptist, Presbyterian, or whatever, Methodist. Go ahead and say amen and praise the Lord because he's going to come back and get you one day. And if you don't go in the rapture, if you happen to be in the grave, I mean, there's something wonderful about that too, dear friend. Uh, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And while we close our eyes in death, we open our eyes in eternity with Christ. And our spirit goes to be with the Lord and we get a glorified body. Yeah, there's going to be a resurrection. Uh, the graves are going to open up. And I don't know how that's going to work out. Somebody told me, asked me one time, preacher, what if I, what if I gave one of my organs to somebody else and they got raptured over here? How to, I don't, I, listen, if I had to worry about all that, I'd go crazy myself. I'm not worried about that dear friend I just know one of these days the graves are going to open and those who are dead in Christ are going to come out and we're going to be with the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord amen don't let your heart be troubled he hadn't forgotten you no he hadn't do we have time for one more now some of you listen I know your eyes are heavy and you may have two picks holding them up right because if you went to bed at your normal time last night that you normally go to bed, that means you went to bed an hour later than you normally do, right? Now, we got time for one more. Let's get one more in. We're talking about being trouble-free in a troubled world. Let me say this, and I, I, this is something we really need to remember. Because we get so attached, we get so rooted in the things of this world, we need to remember that this world is not our home. Can I say that again? If you're going to be trouble-free in a troubled world, you've got to remember that this world is not your home. What are you talking about, preacher? I, I'm sorry. You could live. Some of you maybe have went past the 75 mark years of age. You may have hit 80. Some of you may have. I feel like I'm at auction. Somebody went to 80 to 85. Somebody went to 85 to 90. I don't know. But, you know, you could live to be 100 years. And it's just like that. Quick. Fast. That's, this down here is temporary. Over there is eternal. 
And if you invest your whole life for what's here, think about how quick 75 and 80 years go by. Compared to eternity, this is not even, a hundred years is not even a sand on a beach. One grain of sand compared to eternity. We've got to remember that this world is not our home. Now, in John chapter 14 and verse number 3, we mentioned a while ago, he said, I go and prepare a place for you. He said, I'm going to prepare it, I'm going to come and get you, but this is a place for you. Your place that he's preparing is not at your address where you live right now. It's in your heavenly address, uh, up on Hallelujah Square, dear friend, at a place where we can't even imagine how wonderful it is. There's a home that's being prepared for you. He's talking about your eternal home. In Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. In verse number 8 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Verse number 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse number 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Can I tell you, dear friend, you ever heard that old song, Looking for a City? Uh, we're talking about a city that God has built. Think about that, the foundation who, whose builder and maker is God. And, and to go out by faith, uh, that's what we're doing right now, dear friend. Uh, we're doing this by faith. We're taking His Word by faith. We believe by faith that the heavens were formed. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We've got to understand this world is not our eternal home. We are just pilgrims and strangers passing through on the way. Jesus is preparing us a place in heaven. And when He said, I will come again, we don't have to wonder and scratch our heads if He's going to come again. He will come again. We don't need to get sucked up in the negativity of a place that's not even ours. We are going to a place, listen to me, where there is no more sickness, where there is no more pain, where there is no more sorrow, where there is no more death. We think about all the wonderful things of heaven. Listen, we're going to have a new body, uh, no more aches and pains, hallelujah. All things are going to be made new. That's the city we're going to. Don't get too troubled in things down here. Don't let the things of the world steal your focus away. Keep your heart and mind upon God. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. If you take some of the... Listen, words are easier said, easier read. But doing them and believing in them is a little bit difficult. If you take what we read and heard today, apply them to our lives. I'm not telling you you won't have trouble. I'm telling you, you can be trouble free in your mind, in your heart. Because you're going to put your faith in the one who's in control of all things. Let's bow our heads if you would. We're going to have a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, that's the first thing I want to mention. If you don't have Jesus as your Savior, you don't have peace. You don't have contentment. The troubles that you face... 
You face them without the one who can give you comfort. I'm going to tell you, today you can have peace and assurance in your heart. You can come to Jesus Christ for salvation. And then secondly, if, if you're here today and you are saved, but you haven't been trusting in God for your daily needs like you should, and you're getting rattled by the news media and things of the world, I'm telling you, you can let all that go today and trust His Word and that which He said. Father in heaven, we thank You and praise You for this opportunity. Lord, I pray for whatever need is here. I know You've spoken to hearts today. And Lord, I pray that every heart would respond according to that which You've laid upon them. Lord, I pray that this invitation would bring honor and glory to you, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. If we stand to our feet.